0: Am one two three four. Welcome back to the weekly score. I am your host, as always, Thomas Murray. And for today's episode, we got a few things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs, just like last episode. We're going to be talking about the Julio Jones trade. Now that it officially happened, you know, last time I was on here, we were talking about him and you know the whole trade block trade block situation where was Julio going to end up you know we didn't know where uh I thought I thought that uh, uh, Seattle was a good fit for him I thought Billy might have you know tried to get in there there was rumors about Dallas even though he said he didn't want to go there uh Julio ended up you know in Tennessee we're going to be talking about that today be talking about you know what's happening in baseball uh, whether using sticky substance is fair or not, you know, um, I know it's been a bit since I've been on here, so hope- I'm hoping to try to pop out an episode every week or so, but, um, last week, you know, I, I went to the dentist recently, so I got, I got some work done, and, you know, I just, I can't handle talking, uh, that much the past week, so, you know, life happens sometimes, what can you do? But but even better, you know, that just means we got more stuff to talk about. So let's go ahead. Let's check out this week's episode of the Weekly Score Podcast. about the Suns beating the Lakers you know the defending champs they gotta hand it to them you know um I'm not surprised that this happened I did pick the Lakers to win but I'm not surprised just because of how good the Suns have been all year you know Chris Paul has been amazing for them I think that trade they made with Oklahoma City last last offseason really paid off for them this year. You know, the Suns are kind of looking like the favorite possibly in the West. Devin Booker was killing it for the Suns. He was averaging over like 40 points a game. The guy was playing lights out. He was showing everybody why he's a top scorer. This was like his first playoff series too and the guy was killing it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was... I think it went into six games and they won in LA and Booker was talking about you know, because he, cause he's like one of, he's one of like many basketball players, you know. They grew up watching Kobe. That was like their favorite player growing up. Um, But Booker was talking about how he felt like Kobe was there with them that night in the stands. And, you know, he it seemed like he dedicated, especially that last game, to Kobe. You know, I remember watching the last game, uh I wanna say it was a game six, but man, I'm not really sure. Um Booker Booker was like going off in the first quarter. I mean, the Lakers were playing catch up all game, you know? You kinda got the sense though that the Lakers were just not gonna do it once we saw the Anthony Davis injury in game four. Um Davis had the groin injury and you just kinda you kinda got the feeling that they weren't gonna be able to win without this guy. This was this we're we're gonna go more into this in a sec, but um let's get back to Devin Booker just playing lights out, you know. Like I said, uh, Booker, Booker was playing lights out all game, game six. Uh, He carried the Suns. He was like six for six in the first quarter of a game. Yeah, uh, from, from the three-point line, sorry. So he was six for six in the three-point line. He had roughly like 22 points, I believe it was. You know, you just... You saw the guy playing the lights out. He The Lakers had no way to respond to him. You know, the Lakers were without AD. Maybe AD would have played a factor for them because of his defense, you know. um, You know, AD doesn't really play the center position anymore. He plays more in the forward. But he still does a lot of the dirty work for the Lakers, kind of kind of like how Shaq did back in the day. Obviously, I don't think, you know, AD plays like Shaq, you know, very different. AD's definitely a much better scorer than Shaq. You know, like he can he can shoot the ball way better than Shaq ever could, but you know, I think they're both very physical in their style of play. Um but I just I don't know, man. But once once AD was gone, I just I just knew LeBron was going to have a hard time doing this all by himself as great as LeBron is you know I don't think LeBron was going to be able to beat the Suns the Suns team is really good like I said Chris Paul and Devin Booker like they're killing it for them you know LeBron and Jay Crowder had their thing going on throughout the series where they were talking trash to one another uh but you know what I I I thought the only game I really saw Jay Crowder play bad in for the Suns was, like, Game 5. I thought Jay Crowder played great on LeBron, especially in Game 4, Game 6 of the series, you know. Jay Crowder's used to that, though. You know, they had some good battles when LeBron was in Cleveland and Jay Crowder was in Boston. And, you know, some of those, like, uh, really good playoff matches they had between the Celtics and Cavs were... Isaiah Thomas was playing for the Celtics, still and whatnot. But, I mean, gotta give credit to the Suns. They beat a really good team. You know, I'm not surprised about the Lakers losing, like I said. If you want me to be honest, I don't think the Lakers were going to be the champions last year had the pandemic never occurred. You know, the Lakers were hurt going in uh during the pan like you know right before the pandemic started right before everything closed down you know the Lakers were getting their injuries I thought the Lakers really did a good job last year just taking advantage of the time before the bubble started and everything to get healthy you know that's the only reason why I think they won the championship last year was because they were able to get healthy that's the problem with the Lakers though That was a problem all this past season for them is they weren't healthy, you know, and it doesn't help that Kyle Kuzma didn't show up. He only scored. I saw something where he scored like only two points, and you know, Kuzma was supposed to be. Kuzma was supposed to basically be the best young star for the Lakers, right? You know, that's why they didn't trade him. That's why they let go of Ingram. They let go of Lonzo. They let go of Josh Hart. They sent those guys to New Orleans in order to acquire AD. And Kuzma didn't show up. So, I mean, I don't know, man. The Lakers need some help. I think the Lakers, you know, aren't... I think the Lakers are really hurting without Rondo, if you want me to be honest. I thought Rondo played a great part in their success in last year's playoffs. You know, the Lakers really need a point guard. Um, I don't know if they can count on LeBron to stay healthy. I don't know if they can count on Anthony Davis to stay healthy. LeBron's getting older every year now. Um, You know, I don't doubt LeBron's greatness, but, you know, I know he's human. You know, when you get older, and especially in basketball, it's such a hard sport to play. Like, you know, your lower body's going to give out at some point. There's so much moving in basketball. There's so much jumping, running up and down the court. So, you know, he's human. It happens. Uh, And then Anthony Davis, too. The guy doesn't have the best track record of staying healthy. You know, this was an issue in New Orleans as well. For him. He he kept getting hurt. But when he's healthy and he's playing, he's really good. But I mean, I don't know, man. I'm not surprised it happened. But here we are. Um I've been watching a little bit of the series of the games going on now, you know. Um I just watched the Suns game today where they played the Nuggets. And, you know, the Suns are up 2-0 on them in the series already. The Nuggets were arguably, you know, the best team in the Western Conference this year. And they're getting it handed to them by the Suns. Um, I think the Suns are going to beat the Nuggets. I think it'll probably go into, like, five or six games. I don't think there's going to be a Game 7, though. Uh, I like the Suns to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, like I said, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, those are their two key guys. They're going to carry them this whole way. Devin Booker's going to score for them. Chris Paul is going to do what he does best, and that's being that veteran leader. He's going to take control. He's a great point guard. You know, I love Chris Paul. He's been here in the playoffs so many times. He's hungry for a ring. You know, This is his best chance to do it. I think Chris Paul can do it. But we're gonna we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Alright, the next thing we're gonna talk about in the West. We're gonna be talking about the Clippers beating the Mavs. You know, Luka Doncic's played lights out for the Mavericks this past series. Oh my god. When watching that guy play is insane. Luka Doncic, you are probably my favorite player in the West right now. You are amazing. You are going to be the face of the Western Conference for a very long time, my friend. I don't care how good Devin Booker's been playing for the Suns, Luka Doncic. You can score a lot, you can play good defense, you can play all all over the place, man. It's like I'm watching Dirk again. I don't know how to compare it. He's killing it, he's getting the respect out of everybody in the league for it. You know, you go all over Twitter, you're seeing all the players talking about this guy. This guy is killing it right now. The only thing that's, you know, unfortunate for Luka Doncic is, is, you know, the the Mavericks aren't really building around him that well. They, I mean, you know, it's like the third year of his career, so I shouldn't say they're not building around him, but I think they just need to add some more pieces to Dallas and I think they got something special going on there you know we didn't really see a lot of Chris Porzingis we didn't see you know Chris Porzingis is an interesting guy because he's had all this hype for a really long time and then he's had the injuries kind of take him down and you know after the series was over with the Clippers we saw we saw Christoph Porzingis complaining about um his role on the team and whatnot you know i don't know what's happening with that guy um i just know he was just kind of non-existent in the playoffs you know i understand there's a whole role that you have to play there's a scheme and everything you know that coach's input into the game for you and whatnot but you gotta show up too man to play You know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we don't see Porzingis playing for the Mavericks next year. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get traded or even released. But I do think the Mavericks need to add some pieces around just to help Luka Doncic grow. Mark Cuban does a great job, you know, of being an ultimate player's owner. I mean... The guy's very outspoken, just not even about his own players. It's about NBA players in general. And, you know, how he uh, constantly praises the league about allowing players to market themselves and whatnot. Right. You know, like he's definitely he's he's definitely like like a player's owner. You know, there's not a lot of selfishness that comes out of that guy. He's really, you know, he relates to his players. He relates to his coaches. He even relates to the fans, man. I mean, I see the guy in the stands at the games, and he's, like, in a t-shirt and jeans, right? I mean, I don't know. He's a really down-to-earth guy, but, like I said, I think he'll do a great job of building around Luka Doncic. Gotta get a couple guys around them, you know? Just at least somebody to keep up with them and, you know, play... Uh it's like I think if you could do something like how the sun you know the sun's who I was just talking about did for Devin Booker and Chris Paul, I think if the Mavericks can do something along those lines, they're gonna be fine, they're gonna be well off, but until next time, you know there's always next season for the Mavericks, you guys are growing, you're getting better, you know, I thought you almost had the clippers for a sec, you guys. So really, you know, after that game, oh, my gosh, what was it, game five? Game five, I was really thinking, like, oh, there's no way the Mavericks can lose this. They're going to play in Dallas, and they're going to beat the Clippers, and that's it. Both the L.A. teams are going to be out of this, you know? I knew the Lakers were done for at that point. (laughs) But, yeah, you know, I'm like, okay, none of the L.A. teams are, are going to the finals this year. But then, you know, things happen. What can you do? Um, but let's talk about the Clippers. You know, many were questioning whether Kawhi Leonard was actually showing up for them. And, man, we saw a different Kawhi Leonard, uh, come Game 6. You know, he was carrying the Clippers on his back. And then, at Game 7 came, and he took over. And, the Clippers would end up winning the series in Los Angeles. Um... You know, you you gotta hand it to them. They showed up. They showed up when they needed to. Um, I think Tyloo did a great job coaching. You know, getting his players together, uh, holding their composure. I feel like Tyloo and Kawhi Leonard really did a lot of great things for the Clippers in that series of leading the team. You know, because they look just. I just felt like they looked kind of lost and they didn't know where to go to. You know, there was, like, the meme going around of Rondo yelling at Kawhi or something, right? From, like, game three or something. But, yeah, man. Um, like I said, Kawhi Liner carried this team. Ty Lue did a great job coaching, putting together an effective game plan for the Clippers to roll with. Paul George just showed up and did what he needed to. Rondo, Patrick Beverly, you know. So that's cool, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for the Western Conference Finals. Like, I I think the Clippers are going to beat the Jazz, regardless if they're the number one seed. I think the Clippers are starting to get this thing rolling. They're going to get themselves going. I think the Clippers can make it to the Western Conference Finals, though. I think it's gonna be them versus the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. I don't know who's gonna win that thing, though, man. Um, man, I, I, I think it's gonna be Clippers Suns, but we'll see what happens when we get there. All right, man. So let's talk about the East. We got the we got the Nets beating the Celtics. I mean, you know what to expect you 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 see everything that was going on with the celtics you know how inconsistent they were all year how they weren't playing defense they were just playing terrible all year so inconsistent basically 500 basketball you know there's always like that joke of you know like the cowboys going eight and eight in the nfl right that's that's literally how i felt watching the celtics this year i was just like this team is just playing mediocre um I don't know what happened to them. You know, they were in the Eastern Conference finals last year. Almost made it to the final to they almost beat the Heat. But man, they they just lost it this year. I don't know what happened to them. But um, yeah, man, I mean, you, you knew that without Jalen Brown, they weren't going to make it that far, you know, watching them, especially against Brooklyn. They already have their big three stars. They have James Harden, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and they even have like Blake Griffin on the team who you want me to be honest, it kind of seems like I forgot about Blake Griffin on the Nets, you know, because they're just, they kept adding talent left and right. It was so insane what they were doing. You know, it was like I was watching the Yankees, but you know, they're in New York. That's what they do. They take all the talent. We'll we'll see though with the with Brooklyn how long this thing can ride out. You know, Brooklyn should have been better in the regular season this year. Everyone thought they were gonna be like, you know, crazy numbers, like that Warriors team where they were like undefeated for a long time and like what was it, two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen? They were like undefeated for a while, they had like a 30 game win streak or something we all kind of expected that out of Brooklyn but them too had a hard time putting together chemistry um Brooklyn was kind of inconsistent for a while and then there was just kind of little injuries here and there where the you know their main three squad weren't really playing together too much we rarely saw it so I mean I don't know we'll see how far Brooklyn goes we'll if if they can stay consistent I don't see why they wouldn't be in the NBA finals I don't see why they wouldn't win it all you know when they're consistent when they're playing good together good chemistry and they're healthy Brooklyn's the best team you know if they're able to do that then they're gonna win this whole thing you know there's just nothing stopping them Um, yeah, man, we'll see what happens. Let's talk about the Sixers beating the Wizards. Everyone thought that the Sixers were going to sweep the Wizards and there was that Joel Allen beat injury that scared the life out of all the Philadelphia fans, you know, kind of reminded me of when Carson Wentz got hurt for Philly in that Rams game a few years ago. And all the Eagle fans thought their year was over. uh but then Nick Bowles came and rallied the team back, you know, took them to the Super Bowl, won it, right? But Joel Embiid's back. Sixers would end up winning the series four one. I think the Sixers will be fine. They're they're playing um they're playing Atlanta right now. Atlanta's giving them a bit of a scare, but I think the Sixers are going to pull through. I think Doc Rivers is a great coach. I think Joel Embiid is a great player. I think Ben Simmons is doing great. Ben Simmons doesn't need to shoot. He just needs to pass the ball, give it to people who are open, make the right plays, you know. That was never really Ben Simmons' game to begin with, and Doc Rivers knows that. You know, he came out even on a press conference and was defending Ben. I think that's always great to see out of a coach too. You know, having your players backs defending them, protecting them, you know. Let let the coach deal with the media. You know, if you don't, if you can try to avoid it. Let them do it for you. You know, just focus on your game, Ben. You'll be all right. But I think the Eastern Conference Finals, we're going to have the Sixers versus Brooklyn. And you know what, man? I think the Sixers are going to be in the finals this year. I know, like I was saying, Brooklyn's really good, and they have all the star talent, which they do, but I think the Sixers are just a really good team. I think they're very well coached. I think they have great chemistry together. They know how to play together very well. They've been doing it for a while. And I think that's just what's important if you want to win in these things, you know? If you want to win the big games, you need to know how to play together like a team. And that's what we get out of the Sixers, is they play together right. There's, there's not a lot of selfishness that goes around goes around with the team. Doc Rivers is a great coach. He's been there. He's won it all. You know. What else can you say? So, I like the Sixers in the finals. If you want... If I could choose the finals... We're going to go with the Sixers and Clippers. Alright. I love it. Doc Rivers versus old team. Cool wide Leonard. Proving everybody that, hey, I am still the man in the NBA, whether you all want to question me, I'm here in LA, I'm ready to play under the big lights and everything, you know, he's faced a lot of criticism that, oh, he can't carry the the Clippers, he wants to be in a major market, well, here you go, you have to win, I think cool Leonard can take the Sixers to the Finals, you know. Kawhi Leonard's a great player. I don't doubt his ability. So that's my, that's my Finals prediction. I think that would be a great series to watch too. I think it would be a lot of fun. Like I said, a lot of good drama. Doc Rivers versus old team. Kawhi Leonard back in the Finals. Joel Embiid in there, Paul George, Ben Simmons, older guys, younger guys, I think that'll be a lot of fun, I think it'll be a great series, I think a lot of people will be shocked that Brooklyn's not in there, but you know what, I'm okay with not seeing the super team in there, I'm not really a fan of super teams if you want me to be honest, I'd much rather see a team that can play together, and I think that's what you get out of philadelphia and la so we'll see what happens there but make sure to keep up with the finals this week we'll talk more about it next week but for now we're going to move on to our next subject which is the atlanta falcons and julio jones man oh man oh man julio jones atlanta falcons what are you guys doing what is going on in Atlanta why would you trade Julio Jones you know you're not that good on defense so you're gonna need all the help on offense that you can have you know I know Julio wanted out of there and all that I get it but man you guys messed up and then You know what I think is just really messed up about the whole situation? Is that you only got a second round pick for this guy. Julio Jones might be one of the best receivers I have seen in my lifetime. In in my 26 years on this planet Earth, Julio Jones might be one of the best top five receivers I've ever seen play live. You know, I didn't really get to watch Jerry Rice too much because I was too young, so I'm not going to count Jerry Rice in that. You know, I'll count, like, T.O., Randy Moss, um, Marvin Harrison, Larry Fitzgerald into that category. But, you know, when I, I remember being in high school when... I first saw Julio Jones and how much I wanted to model my game as a receiver to his you know his how physical he is his speed his insane catching his blocking which is a very underrated stat in a receiver you know I thought Julio Jones had everything as a wide receiver that you need to be good to be successful you know he does everything on the field the guy even plays defense for crying out loud there was like a famous play of him uh hitting deflecting the ball from a interception Matt Ryan almost through I I want to say that was maybe against Tennessee too which is funny but yeah the guy plays all over the place you know he put, he's a he's an all-around football player. You can do anything. And the Falcons got a second round pick for this guy and okay, and a fourth round conditional pick for next year. A fourth round pick and a second round pick. I don't care that he's 32 years old. This guy can still ball. You know what? Look at T.O. when he was 30 years old and he got traded to Philly. He put up what? 14, 15 touchdowns that Main reason why the Eagles went to the Super Bowl that year. You know? The guy was unbelievable. Look at Randy Moss. He was 30 years old. He got traded to New England. Everyone thought he was washed up. Because he had a down year in Oakland. Even though we all know Oakland was just... Oakland was a total mess at that time. You know, they... Who was his quarterback at that? I can't even remember his quarterback during that time. But it wasn't Dante Culpepper yet because he was, that was obviously his former quarterback in Minnesota and Culpepper would go to Oakland like a few years later, right? But anyway, you know, Julio Jones is only 32 years old and what's different from today's game to like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, players are playing longer. There's more... They're, they're able to invest in their bodies a lot more. They're able to invest in themselves. There's so many different ways that players are able to take care of themselves to be prepared to play like they're younger now. You know, Julio Jones is going to go to a team with a stacked offense. You know, Derrick Henry's there. And then they have A.J. Brown as the opposite receiver. And then Ryan Tannehill... Who, you know, I I don't know how to feel about Tannehill. I like Tannehill. I thought, I thought, I was worried that Adam Gase ruined him. In Miami. I was always a big Tannehill guy. I thought his story was really cool when he came out of college. Because he was a wide receiver, converted to quarterback at Texas A&M. But, you know, I... I think Tannehill does a good job, uh, you know, at playing quarterback in Tennessee. I think I think it's just the right system for him. You know, they have a good thing going. All he has to do is game manage. He can make the good, the clutch throws when he needs to, though, you know. And then if he's going to have Julio Jones by his side, you know, like... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Their offense is gonna be pretty good. It's gonna be pretty scary. Um, I hope that Tennessee is still a run first team though. You know, exercise Derrick Henry, run the ball because that's gonna open up the passing game, and Julio or AJ Brown are gonna make you pay for it. So we'll see what happens. I hope Tennessee's defense can hold it together. Uh I know there's like some issues there uh, especially in the secondary. Um I think they just got a I think they just drafted somebody though in this year's draft. It wasn't JC Horn. Um Man, I I want to say they drafted somebody in the secondary for in the draft though, so we'll see how that goes. Um But yeah, I think I I ultimately think Tennessee was the biggest winner in this draft or in hunt draft in this trade. Yeah, you know, they only gave up a second round pick and a fourth round pick for Julio Jones, one of the greatest receivers ever. I don't doubt that Julio can't still play. I think he's as good as anybody in the league, if not better. You know, thank God. You know, me as an Eagles fan. I've always seen Julio Jones put up really great numbers, and you know, thank God in that divisional game that he slipped on his route at the end of the game while Jalen Mills was covering him. Many thought that was a P.I., but Julio slipped, but had he not slipped, that game that game was over, and Philly wouldn't have a have a Lombardi and I would not be looking at these newspapers that I have hung up about their Super Bowl in my bedroom or this inspirational photo of Nick Foles looking at me so you know like I said Julio Jones is very good still he's still very clutch I think he's gonna do great in Tennessee um you know what i really like about this whole trade though it's how much we're seeing aj brown and like the funny things this guy's talking about how he's like i'll do this for julio i'll do anything i keep a picture of him in my locker you know the memes are funny i saw the one of i saw the someone posted it. i saw the one of like spongebob looking super excited and then there's like Squidward walking into work and it's like AJ Brown first day of practicing with Julio and it's just like Squidward miserable AJ AJ Brown Spongebob Julio's uh Squidward just like whatever another day at the office and AJ Brown's like <gasps> just idolizing this guy you know <laughs> yeah I don't know I think it's I think it's funny seeing everything going on with them it's almost like his you know It's like meeting your hero, Um, and that's what we're seeing out of A.J. Brown. It's like a little kid meeting their hero, and I think it's funny. I think it's cool. It's it's great to see. Um, Julio Jones is not going to be wearing number 11 there, and in Tennessee, even though A.J. Brown offered it to him, he's going to wear number two, so I think A.J. Brown said said something along the lines like he's going to solemnly protect the number 11 and wear it forever because of Julio. (laughs) which I think is just so freaking funny just seeing this guy idolize Julio so much, you know, but that's awesome. Good for good for uh, A.J. Brown, you know. He has, to, he has to play with his idol. He's going to be able to learn so much from him, and I think this is going to help the growth of A.J. Brown so much. And, you know, I, many... Many thought DK Metcalf was the better receiver out of Ole Miss between the two. They're both very, very good, but I kind of like AJ more. I think AJ Brown's a more all-around receiver. Honestly, he reminds me more of Julio. Anyway, I think his game is very similar. And you know what? I think I think AJ Brown's gonna be is gonna learn so much from Julio Jones at the end of this. Whenever Julio decides to retire or if he stays on the Titans, you know, I don't know when his contract's up, but we'll see. But yeah, man, Titans won this. Falcons, I don't know what you're doing. I guess I'm just waiting for the rebuild at this point with Atlanta. It's only a matter of time until they give up on Matt Ryan. They might trade Calvin Ridley in the future. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you just got drafted there. You're you're a stud, man, but I don't know how to feel feel about Atlanta this year. They're still an offensive first team apparently, but they got some issues on the defense and it just sucks to see them kinda of take away from the only thing that was really helping them win games this year by giving up Julio. But hopefully they can turn that pick those two picks into something good. Of the team, but we'll see. But that that's enough of the Julio Jones trade. Let let's go let's go into baseball now. Oh man, baseball is crazy. We got we got Ohtani hitting homers left and right. We got him we got him hitting them like four hundred seventy feet. We got the Dodgers in third place for some reason in the West. For some reason, the Giants are playing great. They are top of their division, playing good baseball all around. Uh, Johnny Cueto's, reun- you know, reviving his career. I'm seeing Brandon Crawford playing really good. We got the Yankees in the third place now. For some reason, the Red Sox are playing very good. The Red Sox are... What what's crazy about the Red Sox this year? I always grew up with the Red Sox just being this crazy power first team. And now I swear it's like the roster's just full of contact hitters. You know, Alex Verdugo, Kike Hernandez. Uh they still got JD Martinez there. Go figure the year Pedroia retires, the Red Sox do good again. Um you know, it could be from Alex Cora being back. I guess that just shows how good of a manager Alex Cora really is. You know, there was the whole cheating scandal in Boston, so you weren't really sure because you you just don't know what to expect. You don't know, you know, like whether they were cheating or not. How are they going to do in the future? You know, the whole Astro scandal. Like you kind of, you kind of get the sense that. The Astros might have been just because they've been kind of declining slowly by the years. And then they slowly have started to lose key players in that world. Or, I mean, on that team. So, I mean, I don't know. But, you know, we are going to be talking about, about players cheating and stuff right now. There's this whole scandal going out in the Major League Baseball over sticky substances that pitchers are using. Um... A guy everyone's been talking about with that ever since the whole role, uh, role ban started and his numbers have been declining is Garrett Cole. Recently, Josh Donaldson came out and called out Garrett Cole. Um, there was a video that I watched recently of Garrett Cole at his press conference and the reporter asked him about you know the sticky stuff since um and Cole is very very sus about it you know his responses were very like paused and you could just kind of tell he was just super caught off guard by it uh we're actually gonna play that right now so that you can listen and then we're gonna talk about it So let's let's go ahead let's check out the uh garrett cole's response to the um being asked about the stinking substances for pitchers
1: yeah i mean i was made aware of it this week um obviously you know it's undesirable but i understand this topic is important you know to everybody that cares about the game And in in regards to josh specifically i mean in my i mean i kind of felt it was a bit of low-hanging fruit but he's entitled to his opinion and, uh, you know, to voice his opinion. Um, so I have issues, you know, not issues. I just have other things that I need to you know, keep my focus on. So respectfully, I, I, I can't worry about that type of stuff, but I would, I would say that, you know, as an ex, a member of the executive council, you know, in the union and uh, part of my job, part of my role there is to facilitate communication about really all things involving the game. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to, I'm open to, to doing that. That's part of my role. So, uh, if anyone has a concern regarding, regarding anything, um, you know, we're always available to to reach out and, and talk to if, if there if, if, uh, you know, if there needs to be some clarification and whatnot. And how do you ever used spider attack while pitching? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know quite. I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean, there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players to this generation of players. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think there are some things that are certainly out of bounds in that regard. And, and uh, I've, stood pretty, stood pretty firm in in terms of that, uh, in terms of the communication between our peers and whatnot, Um, you know, and, and I, again, like I mentioned earlier, there's, you know, this is important to a lot of people that love the game, and this is including, including the players in this room, including fans, including, you know, teams. And so if MLB wants to, you know, legislate some more stuff, that's a conversation that we can have, um, because, Ultimately, we should all be pulling in the same direction on this.
0: All right, there we go. We have that. um, We have that press. You guys just listened to that press conference that Gary Cole had uh, the other night when asked about using the spider tap and being called out by Josh Donaldson. Um, You know, he was. He was very quick to be like oh Josh has an opinion um blah 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 he can think whatever he want but you know when he was asked about the spider tap stuff he was he was very he was very late to respond to that and the whole time you know we listened to him he just he sounds very nervous kind of like Kind of like a little kid, you know, like, you know, you break, you bust a, you break your neighbor's window playing baseball, and you want to get your ball back. But you don't know how to go about it because you don't want to get in trouble for breaking the window, right? But you want your ball back so bad. And so, you, you try to be like, Oh, can I have my ball? But I didn't break the win- your window, sir or ma'am. And it's just like, what? Like, you know, you, you look like you were caught right-handed, but you're trying to cover it up, and you're just acting really suspicious about the whole situation, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know what's going on there with that. We'll see what's ha- we'll see what's gonna happen in the future, but you know whether Garrett Cole's been using it or not, I don't know. Um, the guy's numbers have started to drop though in New York, which is very concerning. I mean, I hope for his sake he picks it up, you know, because I really like Garrett Cole. I think Garrett Cole's a you know amazing pitcher. I remember when the free, you know, like two years ago when free agency started, and he was available, and how much I really wanted the Angels to get him. You know, I'm happy we, I'm happy they got Rendon. Rendon's a great hitter, right? But like, man, Garrett Cole is like the man. You know, he's one. Of, he's been one of my favorites to watch since his time in Pittsburgh. You know, I've, I've always thought this guy was really good. Um when he was in Houston I thought he was the better pitcher between Granky and Berlander there, you know. Um We'll see what happens though. But man, I I I don't know what to think with the Garrett Cole situation. But um let's 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 talk about something positive. Let's let's end on a positive note for this week's episode. Um let's talk about the AL MVP. Um for one, we got Vladdy Guerrero tearing it up. <laughs> He's hitting bombs left and right. It's like a competition between him and Shohei Otani for home run leader. I think I think uh Junior is around fifteen home runs. Otani just got to seventeen now. But you know, the other day Vladi was winning. And then I see Otani hit like two in one night to take the lead again. Uh, I think it's going to come down to these two at the end of the year for MVP. I think the advantage Otani might have on Vladdy Jr. is just because he's a pitcher, you know. He has all, you know, he's going to have his win-loss record. He's going to have his ERA beside him. How cool would it be, though, to see Shohei Otani win Cy Young and MVP? You know, I think that would be very impressive. If Otani ends up as MVP this year, though, I think the Angels, you got to give him that contract. You know, I think he's under club control for like another two years or something. You can't let this guy get near free agency because you need him. You need players like this. You need pitching. This is your best pitcher. You can't afford to let this guy go. Otani is the man right now. He is the hottest thing in baseball. The other night, he hit this home run for about 470 feet. That's incredible. What this guy is doing right now in baseball is just insane. I know I've talked about Otani in the last episode man this is the hottest thing in baseball right now like i don't think there's anything cooler happening in baseball i haven't seen anything this cool in baseball for a very long time i love what otani's doing in baseball i think he's bringing so much to the game i think he's getting people to watch baseball that weren't really watching baseball. I think he's gaining a lot of attention for it. And it's like a must see show. The other night I watched him, I was at the game, I watched him pitch. He threw 10 strikeouts in like six innings on like 70, 80 pitches. That was insane. Shohei Otani, you got my vote for MVP. We'll see what happens, though. Um, If you guys got any, you know, if any, if you guys want any. uh, If you guys got any like other MVP candidates in your head, though, feel free to send me an email at theweeklyscore24 at gmail.com. We're going to be ending this thing right now. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Of the weekly Score podcast we got i got some new things coming up for the for the weekly score uh make sure to check out the blog keep updated with my posts that i'm writing uh make sure to follow me on twitter at weekly score um we're going to be creating an instagram soon for this thing get it going um Let me know what you guys think of the podcasts. Let me know what you think of the articles. Anything you guys want me to talk about. Anything you think we should do. Let me hear it. Let's talk. If you guys want to have a conversation. Hit me up. Maybe we can get you on this thing or something. But until next time. This is Thomas signing off. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.